Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Rewind podcast. After a week's hiatus where I was in Toby's old stomping ground out in Ball and Lodge in Southland. I mean, I was desperately trying to find your uh, initials scribed into the dorm somewhere, but couldn't seem to, Toby. Yeah, but were you looking in the female dorm? That's the thing. Oh, mate, I've seen high school Toby, and he was a bit of an eek. Year eight, Toby, there is no chance you were looking around the female dorms. Look, you're right. I was pretty much preoccupied with my PSP most of the time, uh, which therefore led to no female interactions. But Ball and Lodge, what a what an iconic school camp location, may I say. I mean, every Southland school has been there at some point in time, surely. It's still holding up well. Great place to go. Good week out for me. Did Was miss chatting about some fantastic games, unfortunately. Did you miss any games or you wouldn't have? Uh, I caught the highlights and then... Uh, I think there's only two that I missed live and then just, you know, watching the highlights when I got back. What's the... Uh, One of the ones I missed happened to be Fiji-Portugal, which I was absolutely oh. gutted about. Oh, dear. What's the uh, phone service like in Bourne Lodge? You, still, you get a bar or two there. It's not bad. You're not in the complete wop-wops. Well, you take that, I suppose. No, I mean, considering the nearest civilization seems to be miles away, I was surprised there was any service. Well, that's good. Good to have you back on deck. I'm actually in, the, in your neck of the woods as well. Well, near it anyway, in Dunedin, of course, home city. Uh, over for a week from Australia. And may, may I say the weather has greeted me well in the sense that it's five degrees outside and raining. It's just uh, how you remember it, mate. You've been too used to your Sunshine Coast weather nowadays. Get back to your roots. I'll tell you what, it was 30 degrees when I left. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, any apologies for any lack of audio quality this time around. I've got my trusty, and I've just been abused for it, really, uh, which probably, to be fair, I, I probably deserve that. Yeah, it's uh, 2023, and the man's whipped out a wired pair of Apple earphones. Look, the sort I of ones you'd, my... you'd bust out with the old iPhone 3G back in the day, those sort of things. I may or may not have got these with an iPod Nano. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. I brought them along. They work. They did a trick. You can't beat wide. You cannot beat wide. No batteries. Plug them straight in. Away they go. No, no yeah, microphone. As we said, they're ever reliable, aren't they? The fact you had them since the nano days and they're still going strong. And hopefully the Wi-Fi holds out because, shout out to, to, to our friend Elon Musk, he's actually provided the Starlink internet that I'm currently on at the moment. So thank you very oh, much. Good on Elon. What a fella. Get him on the pod, mate. He knows his code. I don't think he does. but he, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine so. I tell you what, I don't think he wouldn't be he wouldn't be that bad as a prop. He's pretty stocky. Oh, I mean, yeah, I can't chuck imagine he's getting there. much movement. Chuck him out there and then chuck bloody Jeff Bezos as a bloody lock, I reckon. Oh, Bezos would be snapped by a small gust of wind, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been some incredible games. As you said, we didn't do an episode last week, and there was some yeah, games that but we... I'm telling you right now, we're going to be doing a post-tournament review where we can chat about some of these minnows who we're no longer seeing, because oh, I know I could, and I'm sure you could do a whole episode on the likes of Nicola Martins and Nicola Freitas and all the guys we're not seeing anymore, but alas, well, we're up to the quarterfinals. Uh, fingers crossed we can get a guest from Chile. I know I've spoken about it before, but we should be able to get that wrapped up and finalised for an episode after the tournament's over. But yeah, like you said, it's a shame to see some of the minnows go. They're always some of the most exciting teams, and we'll do a full review um, once the tournament's over. But for now... And I mean, we've lost another couple of minnows this round. I mean, France and Ireland, just lightweights of world rugby, really, aren't they? No surprise oh. to anyone to see them crash out this early. Yeah, it's funny because usually the bookies are really hesitant in putting the All Blacks uh, below, oh, sorry, 
pay to pay the All Blacks more than another team. They really don't want to. If you ever see the bookies you know, on any TRB side, the New Zealand side generally they gets favoured regardless because of their history. Yeah, and so they really are. something. There's something like the All Blacks have been underdogs on the TRB something like five games in the history, which is mental to think. But they they it's just so risky for the TRB to back. And but but in this case, they were not back to win. Ireland was back yeah, to win. Ireland were fairly strong favourites. So. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that, um, you know, and I, I had to agree with it. I know we made some predictions. Probably, we probably didn't do an episode on the predictions, but I think everyone would have known my thoughts on it, which was that um, Ireland would have won this game. But yeah, yeah first I think three tournament you went for them. Three tournament, I think I went for New Zealand just to be a bit controversial. But on my actual tips, I picked Ireland, as did the majority of the population, didn't they? But that wasn't the first game. In fact, the first game featured your favourite teammate, the Argies. Yeah, and that's a game I should be chomping at the bit to talk about, actually. Tell you what, if you caught me last week before the tournament and we're doing a wee preview on this, I don't know if I would have been so keen to preview it because I didn't think the RGs were going to get up. But, you know, I went with my heart, I tipped them, and they managed to get the job done. Yeah, look, they weren't playing the best rugby, of course. They had some pretty unconvincing wins, really, and a loss to a decent loss to England. But the thing about the RGs is that they are, and as you said, and you always say this, they are very inconsistent. You never know what RG team you're going to get on the day, do you? Yeah, they're the classic, they're the French saying from back in the day, aren't they? But that just plays to Argentina yeah. now. And especially when you bring Michael Checker into the fold, you never know what he's going to pull out of the bag. Oh, gee, yeah, you could come out with anything, couldn't you? And, I mean, it was the sort of game that came out with a few bits and bobs. Wales looked fairly strong for the opening half hour, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, because Wales, of course, they came into this game, um, they were unbeaten, weren't they? In the pool, yeah, they've won all their games, yeah. which is a shock considering the form they came into the tournament on was, I mean, not anything to write home about, to say the least. No, I, I just think, again, once again, it shows you that you know they did, <laughs> including Australia, they had some easy games and they didn't really have many challenges. I think Argentina was their first proper challenge and they didn't, uh, didn't yeah. hold it up, unfortunately. I think the Aussie um, game kind of gave people some false confidence in Wales. Like, Wales were still well and truly good enough to win this game, don't get me wrong, but... People oh, kind were. of saw the result against Wales and were like, oh yeah, it's a foregone conclusion against Argentina, but well, no, let's not, not, forget, not really. Let's not forget that you know Wales, as you said, in the first half, of course they were um, leading the game at half time, but 10, 10 points to six. But you know they were actually in the game very, very late. It wasn't until Nicolas Sanchez, the legend himself, uh, intercepted a ball to get a try. But before that, it was pretty much even, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I tell you, right from the start, I think... I want to hear your thoughts on this. Jaco Piper going off, I think maybe one of potentially the biggest impacts and injuries had on the tournament so far. In fact, yeah. he's had to be subbed out. Yeah, I mean he he subbed out. I think fifteen minutes and he pulled his pulled his hand. Was it the calf? I think he pulled. Yeah, and, uh, I think it's calf. They brought on the assistant referee, which was uh, what's Carl his name? But yeah, yeah he's yeah, played yeah. a lot of uh, refs, a hell of a lot of games too. But they're very different styles of refs. Like one, I think Dixon's reasonably strict pipe is pretty cruisy played, when it comes yeah. to a breakdown Piper's, and all the things like that yeah and we'll speak about referees shortly because there was some variation in this weekend's games but yeah pipe is definitely allowing the game to flow more he always sort of has and and um and probably would have played well it would have played into wales because did you see gatlin came out and basically said he picked i think it was tommy ruffell and he basically picked his side because piper was everything they're like yep He's leaning up with yeah, Ruffell in there, get it's a weird, shot with a breakdown, and then that would disgust it. It's a weird concept, isn't it? Coaches p- 
picking teams around referees, but unfortunately, that's what games have become. Um, referees have got styles now, and because union has so many more rules and say league, there's so much there's so much more variation in interpretation, and therefore it becomes subjective. And so you've actually got referees who have different styles, and it's it's unfortunate because then teams can play around that. But then, yeah. then of course, something like this happens: the referee goes down. Doesn't happen all the time, does it? But oh, I can only recall maybe once or twice I've seen it before. I can't remember which games I've seen it in, but I'm, it's I've definitely not seen common. It once before. No, it's not. But he is an older referee. Like he's been around for a long, long time. He's a great referee. Yeah, legend. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think the new ref that came on. You know, the, the British referees generally are stricter with the the breakdown and yeah. that was so, the case. I mean, like we saw Wales were on top in that and who knows the game still may have went the way it would have went but I think Wales they had analysed Piper quite a lot and were going into the game expecting that and they Look, got I a think, different you know as a Welsh if I was a Welsh fan I'd be disappointed that I wasn't seeing my team in the semi-finals but I wouldn't be incredibly disappointed because I don't think they were expected to do that well. Oh, yeah. If they ask them pre-tournament, are you going to be upset if you don't make the semi-finals? I don't think a single Welsh fan would have said, oh, they're going to be disappointed. No, if you right. told them they had, were in the semi-finals up to about the 75th minute of the quarters, they would have been like, how the hell have we done that? Then? It was. It's a shame to see Wales, You know, some of their legends like Dan Bigger, and I don't think they'll play on the World Cup. They may do, some of them. But, oh, yeah, I think Dan Bigger um, at least is... Said he's retired now. But yeah, Liam Williams others. and George North, those blokes, like they've been around for many years and they've been great for the Welsh. And Even like Fellatel, I wonder if he'll have another one in him. I don't think so, yeah. It's a bit of a shame to see those sort of guys retire. But they gave it their best shot. The Argies, I mean, ever, as we know, the, the Argentinians can pretty much beat anyone on their day. Um, I don't yeah, think I'd they, say yeah, maybe I not the think, first half, but the second half was probably their best performance of the tournament thus far. Yeah, I, but, they were not good enough um, in the pool plays to to almost deserve a spot, but they were just the second yeah, best team. Clicking in into gear now, there. Aside from the uh, first half hour, they were pretty clinical in this one. Well, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like people talk about, oh, you did you peak too early, or are you building nicely? I think they are probably building nicely, aren't they? Um, but It'll be course, interesting. I mean, they're going yeah. in severe underdogs, but it's a couple other uh, uh, moments from that Wales game, though. Did you see uh, yeah, Wales's new tactic from the get go? Trying positionless rugby. Well, not really positionless, should I say. Everyone is loose head prop style of rugby because all the yes. jersey numbers seem to fall off and everyone was a prop. I saw that, yeah. that was About five guys wearing the number one jersey in that first 20 minutes. So I was like, well, what is yeah. going on here? That was weird. Um, but that's just, I guess, yeah, a bit of an, an issue from from their perspective. <laughs> oh, no, well, not anymore. It's not, is it? They're, yeah. they're gone. So. It's interesting because it hadn't happened the whole tournament and then they must have switched jerseys at half time and it was fine. But it was like, have they just... Salitate these on, or oh, I think a they, quick iron job like five minutes before kickoff or something. It must have been the, the way they designed. I don't know who the manufacturer was, but yeah, um, it was weird, eh? But yeah, the Argentinians they they just weren't firing in that first half, eh? Like they just, I think it was yeah. Well, the first like yeah half an hour, and then Wales didn't take their chances though. Like their lineout was just this firing. They must have hit maybe one out of five or something like that. They just Not often, like, they weren't they taking actually, their chances um, like usual. They turned down a couple of penalties, didn't they? Yeah, you'd think if they'd kicked their goals or they'd, you know, not made those little unforced errors, they could have went into the half sort of sixteen, twenty nil up and that would have been an unassailable lead. Because, you know, usually, you know, the Welsh should know and especially with bigger, they they just kick goals if they can. And I think he only got one penalty this whole game, which was unusual. 
for a Welsh yeah. team that's generally taken these opportunities from a goal kicking perspective. But I'm sure oh, yeah, Squid Rugby will have a good analysis of the game. 100%. It'll be interesting to watch if he even tries to put out a video. I'm mean, sure Will's busy working on it at the moment. Tears streaming out of his eyes. He's reviewing the footage. I mean, by the, by the way, he was speaking to us before the World Cup. I think he wouldn't be that disappointed with Yeah, him. I don't think he had much hope, did he? No, he didn't. But he'd still be disappointed because they could have won this game if they played. Yeah, I mean, own. like I just said, like Wales were a bit more in the lead, but Fally couldn't have kicked those two quick penalties before half time because it went from them being 10 0 up to 10 6 at half time within the space of the last minute. And, and just quietly. That was a game changer. Once again, Argentina really. They love that boot of Buffelli. He's just oh, yeah. he's critical, isn't he? That 55-metre nudge was a big turning point. Was that the, yeah, he, I think that was the one that put them into the lead, wasn't it? Or the yeah, one that I think it 10-9? was. But he can just do that. He's just got such a great boot. Um, and I think it's, well, that was the thing that bet New Zealand and Christchurch last year. And, and um, you know, they'll need to be aware of that again. But he was great. He got man of the match. Maybe he didn't deserve it yeah, as much as some I others. I don't think he did. Interesting um, to know who you would have picked. He would have been up there, but he, I don't know. I, don't, I think there were some other options. I mean, there were some really good performances in the back line. Um, I mean, defensively, I, I thought the midfield was pretty damn good. I mean, Cinti. Maroney, when he came on, made a try saver on Rezamit, didn't he? So that was yeah, clutch. Yeah, well, because was off it pretty early on, wasn't he? Yeah. So um, there were some good options up front as well. I thought um, uh, Guido Petty. Yeah, Petty was good. Yeah, he's come back into some form. I thought all the Lucys yeah. were pretty solid. Uh, but, you know, overall, there was a number of options you could have chosen. But, yeah, obviously, they just and go for Buffelli. It's not really an Argentina game where you could say Buffelli isn't one of the best players on the pitch because he's just that good for them. But yeah, And he's actually a good winger as well. A really, really good winger. Probably his main impact this game, I mean, his goal kicking, obviously, but I'd say his high ball chase. He won, must have been yeah. two or three kickoffs in that second half. He got up and regathered, which was another huge momentum swing. Do you prefer him at wing or fullback? I think he's good on that right wing. I mean, Malia's solid enough at fullback. If they yeah, chuck I think, I think at the back, I don't really know who they stick on the wing. What does he play? Who's he? Where does he play for his club, Buffelli? Um, oh, I think he switched. He plays a bit more fullback, I think. And then yeah, I was going to say I thought he was mostly yeah. fullback. But Carreras is an interesting one. He plays entirely fullback for his club, and then plays ten for Argentina. Well, they haven't really got tens, have they? Um, yeah, I mean, Sanchez is the backup guy. Just quietly, he could be man of the match too. I know he only oh, played about 20 minutes, but he was a huge factor. Oh, I think he's really good. Uh, he's one of my favourite Argentinian players. I know there's been a lot of great legends for the Argentinians, especially in the number 10 jersey, but I think Nicolas Sanchez um, is just such a legend. He comes on, gets an intercept try. He's 35 years, I think, 34, 35. Yeah, I think five, um, ten more metres, he wouldn't have had the gas for that, but... He had just enough gas, got over the line, and then he kicked a lovely penalty at the end to seal the result. Yeah, he's just a smart uh, player, though. Like the fact of, like, yes, you could have him start, but having him on the bench, he just can sort of see what Wales is doing, and he'd probably watch them run that set move four or five times that whole game, and he's like, right, they run that. I'm just going to sneak in there. It's exactly what he did. Just well, about probably, the leagues. He's probably the most experienced back they've got, it, isn't he? Well, yeah, him and Cravey, the only two from Argentina to win 100 caps. Yeah, so he's... Aside from him, I guess possibly Moroni would be your next bet. I suppose Montoya would be getting up there, wouldn't he? Yeah, there's a few kind of sitting around that sort of 80-odd caps. So there's some experienced heads, but Cravey and Sanchez are just different levels, eh? 
And there was no Matera this time around. Yeah, which was big, the fact they'd done that without them. But, I mean, East is a quality replacement, to be fair. Will Matera be... What's his injury? Is it a serious one? I think it's serious enough to rule him out for this tournament. I don't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, we won't see him in the semis. That's a damn shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is, rather. I mean, just the depth they'd have, but... Bruni's solid. Ether is solid, so there's good replacements there. It's just, like, I really... And we spoke about it before the tournament. We always said that Argentinians had a really good chance to get into the semis. And, and look, they've done it again. They've done it in three World Cups now. So they're not a side that you can brush off lightly, are they? Yeah, no, they're not the side they used to be back in the day, which here's hoping Uruguay or Portugal or someone along those lines can be the next Argentina and become a fully-fledged tier one. I suppose Japan are kind of taking that step in Fiji by the looks of it. But I'd like to see one of them minnows do it as well. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah, that's exactly right. So that was that game, and then that was probably um, the first of four <laughs> great games, wasn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, I saw a stat say it's, what unsurprisingly, the closest quarterfinals in history. It was, yeah, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, even, and we'll speak about it very shortly, but even the England-Fiji game, which could have been high-scoring. Yeah, all of them was, were just that was great. as tight yeah. as they come. But the fact we took 17 minutes on Argentina, I mean, probably not got many Argentina, Argentine or Welsh fans listening. So the next one will be the one people will be tuning in for. Ireland, New Zealand. Yeah, this was, I mean, in my eyes, this was the game of the tournament. Um, and it, it was always going to be either this quarterfinal or the last one. Um, but these two games were going to be the most important in the whole tournament, and they have been. Um, yeah, they certainly lived up to their hype, which is hard to do when they were so hyped, but somehow they've lived up to expectation. I watched, obviously, we both watched the full game live. I think you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Were you in New Zealand for that one? I was. So it was a great time. I was going to say, otherwise it would have been yeah. a five in the morning start for you. And oh, it would have been. I, tried that, been. I did that for the Argentina game and by Joe's. I would have been doing it regardless. But yeah, the look, this game was just head of the wall. It was at Stade de France, bigger stadium, of course, um, in Paris. Wayne Barnes was the ref, which was... Interesting. Guess, you know, Got some history some mem- with him. Some, some memories for the Kiwis, but I mean, I was happy um, to see him ref. To be fair, I reckon he's one of the best nowadays. Yeah, I think he has. He's definitely gone bloody good um, since you know maybe some earlier times in his career. But before um, it even kicked off, I'm keen to know your thoughts on the Talaya not selection. Yeah, look, loss for uh, breaching they're protocol. So, they're very, very strict on, and the All Blacks are particularly probably the most strict team when it comes to. Team protocols and breaches. Yeah. And, unless you're Corey Jane or Israel Dag in 2011, you're pretty strict. Yeah, unless you've got um, a bunch of sleeping pills and, and Red Bulls and put them together, or your or your like Doug Howlett jumping up and down on cars. But other than that, um, you can't really get away with much. And in this case, he didn't. He was <laughs> completely blank from the team, which was shocking because he was. A key player. Yeah, he's probably he's a pretty been... nailed on starter, but I rate the fact they've just drawn a line in the sand and said, "No, we're not taking it." It's really good um, management, and you know, Foster's obviously not taking suffering any falls. Some managers take some teams... cojones to drop arguably your forward player in the biggest match of the last four years, though. But he did it, but and the, it worked. I think. I think the key thing, though, is that we're forgetting is that he knows that he's got a really handy backup in Finuku. Oh yeah, yeah, Lister's really quality, isn't he? It's not, it's not like he's for probably a yeah. lot of teams in the world. He's not like he's you know, going to say, oh, God, who's going to start on the wing now? I've got no idea. He had an idea as to what he could have done. So yeah, I'd say if was... old Coombs Fabling was in the squad on the bench and you had him as your backup option. <laughs> Sorry to Coombs <laughs> but, Fabling, mate. But... 
sorry, mate. Oh, we're going to have to start. Um, we're going to have to start Geordie Barrett on the wing. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> honestly, but no, I think it, it was a big call and it needed to be made to show, to set an example to the rest of the team that we're here to win and we're here to win the cup, of course. Um, and you know, it obviously didn't uh, make a huge impact because they still won the game, as we know. But maybe it could have been more. Who knows? But yeah, I I, I like that call. Um, and what about Roygaard? No Roygaard on the bench? Yeah, that was an interesting one as well. Ultimately, it didn't end up having an impact because Smith and Moonga both went the full 80 and Christie and McKenzie sat on the pine. But you'd think Roygaard's probably done enough to be above Christie, surely? Yeah, he has done. Um, I think that's absolutely right. But as you said, if they were planning on using Smith the whole 80, maybe they thought the risk was low. So True that. Um, and then I suppose maybe they're just keeping someone there in case of injury and maybe Christie's your guy there, a bit more experience on him. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't think you can go wrong either way if you're planning on using Smith the whole 80. And if um, if he goes down, you kind of want to have a fit, um, amazing player like Roygaard in the backup sort of position if you right. need we it. We had so. Richie Mwanga slip into nine for 10 minutes when Smith went off, so that's all you yeah, need, he, isn't it? He wasn't too bad, you know. I thought he, he did a job right. there. He knew how to feed the scrum. Geordie ran a good cutter, so we yeah, did all right. He, he was all right. But nah, um, let's just start off, I mean, like, the, the anthems in the hike are always good. I mean, Ireland said in that figure eight, which was pretty cool to see. Mm, in the the, the, thoughts on the fact they just singing through the whole hucker. Yeah, I mean, the Irish Never going to go well for you, is it? Nah, I mean, I still don't think they've got the anthems quite right at the World Cup this year, but that's all right. No, they're still, they're, just, um, they're not hitting right yet. It's a lot of passion nah. from the teams, but it's just not quite yeah, I don't think out for it. They won't do that again, I don't think. Um, but yeah, look, I think um, it was such a electrifying start and it was great to see. Um, just yeah, straight from the get go, both teams going hammer and tongs at each other, eh? Oh, the tackling and the defence, the phases of rugby in this game. Like, I was actually shocked. The handling was so good because there's just so many periods of high phase rugby. Which, I mean, obviously you expect that at a high level, like a Test match, especially at the Rugby World Cup. But nerves generally get to players, and they just yeah. I'm glad they, it didn't come down to which team made the mistake, which let the other team win. It was just generally which team. Came which, the team game team, which team came out on top? And Fang Anuku's got the try, first try. That was a, a really nice work yeah, try. Yeah, they got people barred right up. And I was like, shit, we're actually going to do it. And then Ireland fired back pretty quickly, didn't they? Oh, they fired back. And Bundy Aki, oh, I think he's been the best player in the tournament so far. I um, would say so. Unless one someone really stands out in these last few games, Bundy Aki, like, he's, he's up there. If I Ireland went through this game, he's probably got player of the tournament sewn up. If Artie Sevilla plays as well as he did in this game in the next two, he'll win it. But, um, you know, Ike's got it sewn up otherwise. Yeah, but probably the best 12 in the world now. At least one of the top one or two. Which... Because, you know, he's about 33, so he's, you know, nearing the end of his career. And it sort of reminds me of Martin Nonu in that respect. He's sort of, uh, but later in his career, he really flourished. And that was when he was at his peak, really. Well, he's only really grabbed a hold of the 12 jersey kind of this year, last year, because Henshaw had. Pretty firm grips on it for a while. He did. A lot of injuries, though, didn't he? he yeah, he's still injuries. Not seeing him, which is a bit of a shame, but Aki, quality. He was always... To his children and scored, what, five or six tries, which is unreal. He, he was always solid when he was younger for the Chiefs, but he never looked solid enough to be in the talking... Yeah. In the, he in the pitch pretty young, ball, to be fair, though, didn't he? Like, he must have been early, yeah, mid-20s. 20s. He was young, yeah. Even like Gibson Park and others, been quality for Ireland, he... 
Oh, Gibson was Park particularly was... old when he left and didn't really yeah. get much chance in New Zealand. Gibson Park was incredible. I mean, I think, I think if you're the Irish, you just keep taking players from New Zealand. Bloody hell, it's working, isn't it? Yeah, um, just scout the ITM Cup and look for guys who aren't getting the Super Rugby chance. I think, um, look, the penalty try was, was deserved. I think that was probably the right call. Yeah, um, that was a bit of a what I find potential really talking odd. point, but fair, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say yellow card and penalty because it's a double. It's a bit. It's a bit of you know. You can't really give a yellow and a penalty try in my eyes for that because you know it's one or the other, isn't it? A yellow card. Yeah, is I feel like a lot of the time we see both, but yeah, it is. It's fairly harsh, but a yellow card is you know given when you're preventing a try, a, a blatant try scoring opportunity. Yeah, it's like if Taylor had just kind of receded and let them score, which they would have, probably getting yeah. away without the yellow. It's still it's still a try, and they might miss the conversion, you know, because it was in the corner. So, the um, yellow you probably got to talk about more was Aaron Smith's one, and whether or not that was a yellow. I don't think it was. Uh, I think it was a penalty only, and the reason why I don't think it was is because, you know, and the ref obviously explained it as you know he's he's it was an opportunity to make a breakaway, a, a line break. I don't think it, it was. It definitely was an opportunity to make a line break, but I don't think Aaron Smith knew anything about it. He just had his yeah. Hand I think in. he didn't really know much. There was probably some cover, but. I can't argue too much with it. I personally don't really agree, but well, I think it's kind of, it was only. a fifty-fifty call. Pin of the only would have been the best call in my eyes, but um, to yellow card it and and to call it, you know, the rule is obviously called intentional knockdown, but it just blatantly wasn't intentional. So yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, but um, it is what it is. I suppose these things happen. Um, what I found really weird about this game, and unlike the Irish, although they have been doing it in recent games, is they haven't been going for the for the goalposts. They had a number of penalties. Yeah, three, that actually surprised me too. They probably had three, maybe more penalties, probably three at least, that they um, were that were in range of Johnny Sexton, and he's gone for the corner for it. And you know, the line out for Ireland hasn't been that good for the last. You know, it wasn't that good last game, and it wasn't that good this game. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily been that, as good as they are. They haven't been able to always rely on that. And when the line out has worked, of course, it's been quite nice, especially with that penalty try that we saw. But I don't know why they would risk that. I thought they would have gone for points. Yeah, I think there are a couple there which were near the touchlines. So yes, they're not gimme kicks, but Sexton's a world class goal kicker, and it was a tight match. You probably yeah. go for the points. I would have been going for the points if I was him, and especially, you know, they still scored from one of the rolling malls and. You know, as we'll say, and shortly there was a second rolling ball that they probably should have scored from. But yeah, it's just weird that they didn't um, didn't capitalise on some of those penalties that went in their way. But I guess you can't look at it that way because if they score off the try, then we would have been saying the opposite, wouldn't we? So yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever happens, we're going to be saying the opposite, wasn't it? But that's hindsight, uh, isn't it? Ireland probably uh, came so, with the game plan to take it to us and score points, which is usually how you have to beat the All Blacks. Well, so. that's how you have to beat them, but it's weird because you don't, you're not, not if you're Ireland, because their defence is usually really, really good. Yeah. Um, which I, I still thought their defence was good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think so too. I think both teams' defence was incredible. Artie Sevilla was immense, as he has been. Sam uh, Kane as well probably silenced a lot of critics. He had probably his best game in the week jersey throughout. Oh, for Sam a long, Kane, long time. He was unreal. Sam, oh, Sam Kane had his best game in a black jersey in, in his career. Poor Hugo um, Keenan got folded six or seven times, it seemed. He seemed every time he ran it back, he just got yeah. smoked, but got back up and continued on. Yeah, Kane was the best player in the team, and then Surveyor was the second best. I think. Jordan um, Garrett as well was right up there. Man, the team's looked better since he came back into 12. Will Jordan, 
I mean, his pace is so valuable, and he, scoring that try was just an incredibly important um, score for the All Blacks. Um, really sunk a dagger into the Irish team, and they just couldn't get a lot of momentum going for a long period of time. Um, and that and that Will Jordan try just didn't help at all. But yeah, um, just a little moment of magic from him and Mwanga. Geordie Barrett got a couple of penalties. I noticed he took his goal kicking over from Mwanga. Yeah, well, I was um, wondering why that happened because Mwanga was striking it well and has been. But looked like uh, Mwanga may have, you know, when he got that high hit. I don't know if he passed on the the duties or whatever it may be. But yeah, it was interesting call to have Barrett take over. But I'm glad it was I mean, Geordie and not yeah. both. I mean, Geordie, yeah. Straight, straight back up, eh? 55 metres out first one, just slots it. I'm like, sweet, Geordie's on song, keep him, keep him. That was a lovely, yeah, that was a lovely we hit, and that was a, an important one in the end. In fact, I think, um, yeah, well, and then, of course, the rolling mall, he, you know, that should have been a try. Ireland should have scored from that rolling mall. That that was not good enough as a world-class team. I know that it's hard because you've been held up I mean, like a world-class. It's an incredible piece of defence, to be fair. Oh, but. absolutely, but, you know, you need to score from rolling balls if you're going to have the ball over the line. And credit to Geordie Barrett, he saved, he saved the All Blacks in that case. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you, I don't know if you've seen the clip back, but I think Foster came out and he's trying to claim it was a planned defensive strategy. Don't know if it was or not, but you can kind of see Barrett and Moanga eyeing it up. Whether it's just them using instinct or what, but either way, it was a good bit of D. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, that... Ireland probably would have won the game if they'd scored it, to be honest. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that was, I think, not necessarily that, but that about minute because they held it up, kicked the dropout, and then Caelan Doris knocked it on off the dropout. Yeah. That's probably the major turning point there. They had to score a try. And they've they gone from being over yeah. the line to the All Blacks having a scrum on halfway within the space yeah, that, of 30 seconds, which is huge. That's exactly right. Um, that's a rule change, isn't it, though? Because it wasn't... Has it always been a drop Just to be five meter scrum. Yeah, as I was going to say that would have been a five which, meter scrum. Yeah, so teams kind of yeah. have to adjust, which I feel like a lot of teams aren't. It's kind of like they're if not. you're not yeah. certain, maybe you just keep building the phases. Yeah, so that was interesting, and that was a, a huge moment. And Jordy Barrett would take take a bow. That was a an incredible piece of defence. Um, and then, yeah, of course, they sort of sealed the game later on with um, some really, really good defence. Um, Bodie tried his best to seal of a long-range drop goal. Oh, he almost got it, didn't he? <laughs> he almost found the touchline. Like I think like, he might have found the touchline in general, didn't he? Just from about. a height perspective, I think he would have had enough, maybe. But it was just the direction. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, if he was looking for the corner, he's done a damn fine job of it. But what I will say is that Johnny Sexton missed a penalty in the 70th, or just before the 70th, maybe 60th minute. Um and it's not like him. That was a penalty that I thought well, he should have got. Yeah, um, he usually kicks both. And I think that would have been that would have put Ireland to the lead, wouldn't it? So oh, it would have put maybe them, not. No, but between that no, and the penalty try, they would have taken the lead. No, so that would have given them the lead at that point. But what it would have done is so they would have been on twenty seven, twenty eight. So New Zealand would have still been in front by one point. But when they were building those phases at the end of the game, there's about thirty phases. They were close enough to nail a droppy, and he could have nailed one. But unfortunately, yeah. because they, they were 24, try, they? they had to get a try because they were four points down. So that that penalty, I thought, was very crucial that he missed that. Yeah, um, you've raised a good point with that. I hadn't thought about it like that. Because he's also known for being able to nail a droppy. And I, think no, I mean, he could have he's nailed, nailed a few in his career, hasn't he? So I thought he would have been, probably been able to nail one if they'd been three, or if they were one point down, they could have won that game. But, um, How intense was that final phase, though? 
30 phases oh, like you said I've of Ireland just battering like away. And and to like it wasn't the fact that they dropped the ball, they didn't make a mistake. They well, obviously they got turned over by Gandalf himself, Sam Whitelock. But um they didn't drop the ball, you know, thirty five or whatever it was it phases. It just shows how well, like we've said, like everyone said, how clinical they are. Like they, they don't knew they make had, many mistakes. They just had to carry and had to score, but they just could not breach that defence. And it was just funny. You could see the referee, um, Wayne Barnes, just he's thinking to himself, he's, he just didn't want to blow that whistle, but he had no choice because Sam White Yeah, it'd be hard because you don't want to end the game on like, like yes, he's there to ref, but you kind of want the game to end on a mistake or something so there can be no, oh, did he call it right? Did he call it wrong? But unfortunately, he just had, he looked at it. You could see him. He's just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to call this. He was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. All backs were screaming at him. Artie Severe, call it, call it. Sam Whitelock just, it was just an easy, it was a turnover, simple as that. Um, and uh, Sam Whitelock saved the day, didn't he? Clutches up. I mean, between the Sam Whitelock turnover and the hand of Nawu and the Black Ferns the other year. Yeah. Some iconic all black moments from some locks in the past couple of years. Sam Whitelock's been one of my favourite players in the last 10 years. He's just oh, so he's consistent. Oh, I've got to love him. Uh, but I mean, yeah. Most, most captable time now as well. But um, to sum it up, Ireland's quarterfinal curse still continues, and even as a Kiwi, I feel gutted for them. I was very gutted. I mean, it's not fair because <laughs> I don't know. We always say I'm sick of saying, and Drew Mitchell's right. If you listen to his podcast, stop fucking talking about the, the the draw. He's right. He's absolutely right. Stop talking about the draw and how shit it was. But it is shit, isn't it? Ireland should. It has be. made some of the yeah. best quarterfinals. Well, not some of. It has made quite simply the best quarterfinals the Rugby World Cup has ever seen, which. Wouldn't have happened if the draw was the other way. So, at least that's a positive. Yeah, but it's just a shame. It's so heartbreaking. It's a shame that like two like, favourites of the tournament are out already. It's a real shame to see Northern Hemisphere teams out because this was their year, man. This, they, like they should have, they should be one of them through at least. It's not. It, it was a year isn't. for a new new tournament winner, a new name on that Weebles trophy. But it's just not. We're that, probably not it's getting not it. Not really. Now. It's not really good for rugby, is it? I mean. It is what it is because they didn't win, and so that's how sport goes. But yeah, as, as far as rugby goes, I think it would have been nice to see a new team win it. Um, and it's just a damn shame because Irish fans are some of the best in the world, and um, they deserve to get to a semi, mate. They just, they just do. But yeah, I think they probably win that game if it was replayed ten times. I think they probably win it six or seven times. That only yeah, on the day they just they, the All Blacks fronted up big time, and that's the what question, they needed to do. The question now is for the Irish fans is when the fuck are they going to get out of the quarterfinal? Because those guys are retired. A lot of those guys are retiring. Yeah, they got an aging team, don't they? Sexton's gone. I mean, he's had an incredible career just, just quietly. Um, I know he's a bit mouthy. Dane Coles maybe gave him some lip potentially, or was it yeah, Rico, was it Rico at the end as well? But a yeah. bit of chat. Um, but yeah, it's a damn shame to see this. But you know what? They've got a great youth um, system and. I mean, yeah, Leinster will bring out some new kid that no one's ever heard of and he'll end up running the cutter for Ireland for a number of years. It's just what's going to happen. Look, they'll get there. They will get there. Um, But not this year, unfortunately. As George Gregan once said, four more years. Four more years. That's exactly right. England, Fiji. Disappointingly, I didn't see the game live, so I had to watch it back. But after knowing the score, which takes a bit away, but still watched it. And oh, another game that could have went either way, eh? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, Fiji seem to play like a different team when they're playing against Tier 1 Nations and they play pretty crap when they're playing against Tier 2 Nations. So They almost did an Argentina, though, and just decided to play one half, going in at halftime 21-10 down after being 15-3 down. I'll tell you what, though, they're one of those teams where you don't really want to be facing a comeback because they are like really good at comeback. Well, they can um, score tries literally in, in an instant, just... Give it to any one of their X Factor players, and they'll just make a half break, chuck an offload, and before you know, well, they're under yeah. the sticks. Once again, of course, they actually scored more tries than England. And as we know, England like to score points. Is from, that a surprise? Yeah, well, you know that England like to score points from penalties and droppies, and that's exactly what they did here. So, a um, couple of tries, though. Uh, Two Alagi and Marchin both crossed earlier on. Yeah, Marchin's um, having a decent wee tournament, to be fair. He is, actually. I thought he was damn good. Um, not sure yet, not sold yet on... What are your thoughts on um, Nika Smith? Um, not sold him on him at fullback yet. Which nah, I mean, it, uh, to be fair, he's played about two games there in his I don't, yeah, career, I, and one was against Chile. So I'm not sold on him there either, but um, he was all right. Owen Farrell... I like him really, as a player, but he just yeah. doesn't suit the way England want to play. No, like they were, he's like a D-Mac. They kind of need to build a team around him and build it to that play style. He's not going to play the way England want to, which is a shame. Uh, but Owen Farrell was pretty good. He controlled the game really well. He noticed in the 70th minute that um, you know a droppy would have been a smart option just to get the three points on the board and then get back to halfway, and that's exactly what he did. And they would drop Yeah, him. he's playing well. Forward was playing well too. I'd be interested to know who would you go out of Ford and Farrell. Obviously, they'll go Farrell being skipper and talisman and all, but if it was up I to think, you. Um, yeah, well, because you know, Farrell's um, the more experienced player and he's been really good, but so is Ford. But, of course, the Farrell-Ford combination hasn't really been working. So Yeah, I don't really think you can have two of them, can you? No, nah, I think you go Farrow with Ford on the bench, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's um, how you've got to rock it too. Um, would you think of Marcus at 15? I wouldn't. Um, Do you want him on uh, the bench though to, for a break glass in case of emergency type of thing? Yeah, maybe you do actually. It's hard, isn't it's it? It's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, either way, whoever England wheel out, they're just going to play very limited rugby, which has been working for them to be fair. But... Uh, but Fiji, look, Fiji played the absolute hard out. I mean, they really were trying at the end. It was actually a very similar end to the game to the um, previous game. In the sense yeah, it was, was almost the exact carbon copy of the uh, yeah phase after game. phase after phase after phase. Um, but in the end, they um, dropped the ball and um, and they were able to win the game for England. And it was you just know, the effect Fiji that second half. They just came out firing a eh? like Randrajra. Tuis over just literally a lot of them were just you could tell they were right up for it. Oh, they've all been incredible. Manika Levu, who's been a great captain, um, he's been he's, it's a severely underrated player, I reckon. For all the X Factor Fiji guys, all the X Factor they have, it's always your Rendradras, your Tuis overs that are talked about, your Bottiers. But Nyatha Levu is just the glue. Oh, he's a great player, mate. He's yeah, like you said, he's underrated. Um, great captain. Uh, he always, I think he's quite good defensively, really, as well. But um, he's yeah, he's a pretty strong player. But yeah, look, Fiji they won't be that upset because the quarterfinal finish is pretty good for them. And yeah, they've won a lot of fans. They've surely, surely, we've been everyone's been saying it for the best part of a decade. But surely now, this serious rugby championship talks for them. There needs to be because they are capable, and I think it will only help. They've I shown it's it. not a one-off anymore. Well, like the the, the Drew is helping. The, the Drew just helps so much in Super Rugby because they are able to compete at a professional level. 
I think they were just saying helps the depth, like not necessarily heaps of draw players in the starting fifteen, but they just know if someone goes down injured, they got some quality off the pine. Because in the past, there used to be there was always like a number of semi pros or unprofessional players um, in the squad who just you know like people who had jobs in Fiji, but they also played for Fiji. But there's none of that anymore. They're, they're all pro players, so like they've got like you said, they've got so much depth now, and I think. That, that bodes well to putting them into the rugby championship. They wouldn't look. They honestly would not look out of place. Oh they no! Can like, beat, they, they can, can beat, beat Argentina. They can beat well, Australia. They beat Australia. They can beat Argentina. They can probably even beat one of the. You know, even the future, they might even be able to sneak past the All Blacks or um, South Africa. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't think them or Japan look out of place in the tournament. No, I think I think they should. I really think that the rugby championship needs to include both Japan and. And front and um, Japan and Fiji, and then give an option for Samoa to somehow sneak in there. Well, rotation. Actually, I've always seen these. I really like. I really love the idea of promotion relegation. I've always saw, yeah, saw these ideas. Here. Like Reddit has a really good. Someone posted the other day of a comp, you know, a, a Pacific Asian comp with uh, Argentina, and essentially you got your top, which is your four teams. You'd have Argentina, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, or maybe five Fiji as well, and then you've got five. Lower teams like you might have Japan, Samoa, Tonga, Canada, and the States. And then what you do is great. You, I don't know how you see Canada and the States and that, mate. Yeah, but they've, they've got to be oh, included yeah. because yeah, got, yeah. they've got to be included because otherwise, how do you improve the game? Yeah, they um, need to be in there. And so, and there's nothing else for them really. So, if you include those guys, they might get a win over the likes of Tonga or, and it'll improve their game. And then, whoever wins four or five years ago, you'd think they'd come into that match. Pretty close to even odds, but not anymore. No, nah, but like you know, over time, and then whoever tops that pool, you know, gets promoted to the, to the top league, and then whoever loses in that pool, that you know, I think that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, I'd love um, to see it. I don't think the world rugby is going to go to that because there's no too money. Much in money, it. yeah, not too much money for the big teams, and if they are at risk of getting relegated, it's just going to crash and burn everything, isn't it? Imagine if the Aussies get relegated. Exactly, and that could well happen. Oh, that would be it's just not going to risk something like that. Um, but anyway, so overall, I thought this game, yeah, England Fiji, England's gone through. I mean, yet again, they're in a semi final at a World Cup. Um, they well, have probably give England it. some credit. Eh? They did exactly yeah. what they need to do. They ground out a win, which is I, I just, what yeah, they were there to do. So credit to England for doing that. I was just about to say they haven't deserved it. They they actually have deserved it from a World Cup perspective, but they haven't deserved it based on their pre World Cup form. Um. But that they're doing matter. what they need to do. I don't think it's going to work against the Springboks, but you need well, to Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, out of all the teams in the world who could sneak their way to a Weber Alice Cup, England could. Like, I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying that out of all the teams that could cheese their way to a World Cup, they are probably the number They're a weird one, one because yeah. like, when they had Eddie Jones at the helm, I was like, England are sneaky. We not not favourites here by you any can't. stretch, but I'm like... They're a wee dark horse. They could go a long way. And then they sat well, Eddie Jones and brought him Borthwick. And I was like, yeah, okay, they're barely getting past the pool stage, let alone anything further. And here we are with them in a semi-final. Well, they weren't favourites in 03, mate. They were pretty much... I don't think they were really favourites at all in 03, were yeah, they? I mean, there's similar patterns to... I don't want to say more similar patterns to 2007, getting thumped in the first game, not looking great in the lead-up, ageing squad, and just playing boring footy and getting their way to a... Well, final was then. Will they get to the final now? We'll wait and see. Anyway, that's fair play to them. They've done it again. They're in a semi, so um, we'll see how that goes. But the last game of the 
round, which was, I think, just a little bit more exciting than the, the second game, which was New Zealand Ireland. But they're obviously both Ooh, incredible. Old games. bold call, but you're I, I think really of, wrong with it. To be fair, a lot of people will probably think the All Blacks game was a little bit more exciting because it was the New Zealanders playing. But if you look at from a neutral perspective, I think this game was a little bit more exciting just because it was just closer and I thought it was... I mean, um, look at the halftime score. Like, it's 22-19 at halftime in a World Cup little final. 18 all after however long it was. Oh, no, not 18. It was like two tries apiece after like 15 minutes. It's just a mental start. Look, I did not... I just did not expect France or Ireland to lose, or both of them to lose these games. I did not especially expect France to lose. Yeah, I really thought France would win this. Ireland, I thought there were a chance of losing, but France, I thought, would. Again, France, like, best team I've ever had, I reckon. And, um, you know, at least one of the best teams I've ever had in history. And they just couldn't get past them. I thought South Africa were incredibly good in this game. Um, More so than I thought that they would be capable of of playing. And it was incredible. Played rugby, didn't they? they? Well, like oh. we talked about a couple of weeks ago, whether they go with LeBoc and actually play rugby, and they did, and they used their backs, and they showed how exciting they can be. They actually used their wingers, and they got world-class wingers. Though. Let's not forget that. They got Cheslin Colby and even Ardrinson nowadays, who's bloody good. And they Their back three is one of the most electric in world rugby. They've all got such and hot steps on them. But they've got to utilise it, and they did this time, and it was bloody good. And Damien Delende, of course, he's actually been... A stalwart of the team for many, many years, but I thought he was incredible. Um, yeah, I know Bundy Aki's getting all the plaudits, but Dale Landy's quietly not far behind him in terms of form, is he? Oh, he was bloody good. Um, look, France, they scored two less, I think, more well, one or two less try, one, one less try, I think. Well, they but, get um, Cyril Bai popped up with a double, and then Malvaka, just all the, the front rowers getting it done. Even though Pino kind of set up Cyril Bai's first one, just because Pino does that. On occasions. What I will say, though, is that if you look at it, the charge down of Ramos's conversion, which cost two points, that would have been enough to win them the game. Yeah, that is clutch. And I'm trying to remember what... Was that after Malvaka's try, I think it was? After Malvaka's try. Yeah, and of course it was 12 all at that point, so that would have put France in Colby, I think it was, the charge down that conversion. Yeah, Um, I don't know how he got there. Ramos doesn't take that long to... Approach the oh, ball. Colby is just rapid, man. He's and he so was twenty five meters out, so it was just rapid from Colby. Yeah, look, that was an incredible charge, and ultimately, that's it would have been enough points to win the game. So um, that was incredible. So you've got to see Pollard back on the field as well, kicking a couple of goals and yeah, the ship clutching up. It's a beef even with his little ballerina type tap back move. That was interesting. I've got a hand with the South Africans. I didn't think they'd be winning this game, and they just played some great rugby. And the French will be very, very disappointed because, well, this was, of course, a home world cup, but um, they started strong as well. Like their first five, 10 minutes, they were firing. This was a, this was their chance to win the world cup. I, I, I was being, I thought they were going to win the world cup. That was my well, pre-tournament. Pre- I predicted they would. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just couldn't believe the score one, but. It, I know it's tough for Northern Hemisphere fans to hear, but they were just a bit aside. As simple as that. Um, not by much, of course. But um, in the Ireland or New Zealand game, you could some people could argue that Ireland were probably the better team. Um, but in this game, I think you can't argue. I think South Africa was the better team. Yeah, as much as a, it's a flip of a coin, who which way that could have went, 
you can't say France necessarily deserved to win that because South Africa was strong. They were incredibly strong. And um, it's a shame because, you know, I'd like to see France in the front of the final. But, um, <laughs> I mean, here we are again. We're in the Southern Hemisphere. Here's hoping well. they come back stronger because it's maybe unlike Ireland, France don't have too much of an aging squad. They're still... I was going to say that. Better use. There's a good, the likes of Dupont and who have got another World Cup at least in them. In four years' time, they actually could be in a position where um, they are even better than now, which I, which is not the case with Ireland, I don't think, unless they pull some tricks out of the bag. But um, well, just checking how old Dupont. Yeah, Dupont's only twenty six, so. so he'll be thirty. He'll be he'll be peak of his career. Yeah, and then same with Intermac will be about the same. Malvaca mustn't be old. He's still got plenty of years left in him. Like. I think, yeah, the core of their squad has still got quite a few years left in them. Let's check how old Aldrich is. Oh, he's only 26 as 26 well. 26 as well. Like, yeah, plenty of years. Yeah, see, I think they could be a fairish threat next World Cup. But look, you just never know. So um, it was a damn shame to see them go out as well. But. South Africans will be... Yeah, well done to South Africa. The big players standing up and getting the job done. It's a bit as well, which is probably someone should mention. He had a quality game too. Yet again, we see a South African team in the court of in the semi-finals, and this time they're going to be coming up against their finalist partners of the last World Cup, yeah. England. Repeat of the final, which is... And before we talk about that semi-final... Australia, uh, sorry, Argentina and New Zealand. Now, this is a game we've seen a number of times at the World Cup. Yeah, it's almost kind of boring. We've seen these games so many times, but different circumstances. Not in the semi-final necessarily, but New Zealand needs to be cautious of Argentina because they have been beaten twice by them in the last couple of years, and um, you never know what side you're going to get. But also, they could be complacent after they just bet Ireland. Um, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if New Zealand and South Africa can well, all the teams had tough games, to be fair, but particularly New Zealand and South Africa have effectively played their final. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a Kiwi fan, I'd be shocked that if Argentina bet us, but you never know. Michael Checker might pull something out of the, out of his bag of tricks. Um, I don't see it happening personally. I think New Zealand wins by 20 but or more. But there's a small chance that Argentina could be... Would could create, I would say, one of the bigger upsets in World Cup history. Um, not the biggest, perhaps, but one of the bigger upsets in World Cup history. And they are capable of doing it, but I don't think they will do it on given the form of New Zealand at the moment. What about you? I mean, I'm in the same boat. Every party wants to say Argentina's got a genuine chance. I mean, being an Argentina fan, wanting to see a new World Cup winner, it's all of me just wants to say Argentina's got a chance, but. I think they've got about 20, maybe 30 minutes of good footy left in them. Aside from that, the All Blacks are going to be pretty clean, cut and run away with it by, like you said, 20-odd points at least. On the odd chance that Argentina does win, which I think is unlikely. It's going to have to be Argentina starting well, Buffelli kicking all his goals, and New Zealand shooting themselves in the foot. More than anything yeah, else, yeah. The only way I see it, the only way I see them losing is if there's like a real weird call or someone does a high tackle or something silly and gets red carded, and then some additional yellow cards throughout the game. But Fowley kicks all of his goals, maybe even some droppies from some the number two. I don't know. Maybe I think it would take New Zealand blowing a couple chances early, like if they can 
you know, yeah. get down to the twenty two and maybe make a few unforced errors that might Argentina would need to have Argentina would need to have a very strong, very strong defense. Um hundred percent goal kicking and effectively yellow cards and red cards. That's what I would yeah. say. Not saying they're a shit um, team. Yeah. I know Argentina came back in the quarters, but they are dreadful at coming from behind, so they need to build an early lead of their any chance. Yeah. Um uh, but anyway, we'll see. I mean I'm looking forward to the game regardless. Um Argentina you know, as I said, it's the off chance they win it. They probably you a question, a mate. Who are you you going to be rooting for New Zealand, or are you jumping on the Argentina bandwagon? Oh, look! I want to see Argentina get a bronze medal at least. Um, I think they can. I think they could get a bronze medal. Yeah, I, I think, think there's a genuine chance of that, but not so much well, the I final. I don't think I'll make the final. I'm afraid, so I have to go for New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand will win, but I'll be. We're in the Argentina jersey. I'll be pulling out all 12 or 13 or 14 or however many I got, pulling them all out of the cupboard, giving to them to everyone in the family to wear. They'll probably be checking them straight in the trash. But. You heard it here first. You've got it. Whoever's in Invercargill right now, if you know where this man lives, yeah, I want you to go to his house. house. Have a wee Argentina fan watch. Go to his house and uh, bring some All Blacks jerseys with you. Um, I've got a couple of those too, mate. We'll just... Chuck them out for the day, though. Don't want them tainting. <sighs> Come on, mate. Go get behind. I, I, I genuinely think the All Blacks could win this World Cup now. I didn't think it at the start. Yeah, I didn't think it, but I think, yep. I almost think they're favourites now. But I think Foster, I think it would be great. I think it, it's great that they do win it because Foster's proved a point. It proves that he's not going to take, you know, the media's bullshit and let it, let it affect him, you know? Um also, I must day, say, out of fact, I said they might be favourites now after they got smoked by South Africa about 40 points to nil or whatever it was in the last game. Maybe I shouldn't uh, say that. Finals finals are different. They're always different. You know, just think about France and New Zealand 2011. You know, the, the pressure is so high and yeah. you, you just never know what's going to happen. Anyway, England-South Africa semi-final. I think it's probably pretty similar to the New Zealand-Argentina one, isn't it? England don't have that many minutes of good footy. If there are any chance, they have to build an early lead, carbon copy, copy and paste. South Africa will be too good there. Um, as much as I don't want to see a repeat of the 1995 World Cup, um, you know, South Africa, New Zealand, because um, it's a game that we see quite a lot, and it's not a final that I thought... I think this is probably a final that most people wouldn't have predicted. No, I can't imagine many people's um, pre-tournament. I'll have to go have a watch of a few, but certainly not the highest, well, lowest odds. Having said that, I would give England more chance at winning than I would Argentina. I think they... Yeah, same with I. I think England are the sort of team that can be cheesy as and they could sneak a win out of this. Uh, I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be 100% confident with the Springboks either. Um you got to be yeah, careful. There's of more of a chance, like you said. I mean, there's obviously a number of things that would have to go in their favour, but South Africa. Um, what this is one fire. has the potential to be a real grind fest, though. I reckon. Just a could real, low, it could be a real low score. It could be a real kicks. low score. Uh, a low score. Th- we haven't we haven't seen a tremendous amount of low scoring games. Nah, there hasn't been heaps, has there? This but is there the potential to be one. Ireland, South Africa was the lowest, I think. Yeah, um, it must have been. I'll, uh, South Africa, Scotland was pretty low scoring as well. Yes, it was. Um, Seeing so a trend there. If, if it's low scoring, it's actually in England's favour because they could, you know, being England, they could do something silly like a droppy in the last 80 minutes and get a win or something. But 
And um, it's a grind and they start in the box. England are a genuine chance. If it's a grind and they start Pollard, I think South Africa can play that grind game a lot better than England can. Yeah, I think they can. So, I actually, I know, this is, I don't, shouldn't be saying this because no one really likes England, let's be honest, but I'd prefer if England won this, to be honest. Um, oh, I don't, don't know if I will. can get behind you on that one. No, the reason why I say that is because I don't, I just, I get sick of seeing. Yeah, I'd rather not see South Africa games. win. We get it. You're good. You win lots of games. We've had enough. No, no, no. But like, you know, if they get into the final, you just know that either New Zealand or South Africa are going to win the cup, right? And that's the same result for the last t- four tournaments. Since 2011, it's like, oh, we've had enough It's just of that. boring. I mean, <laughs> I'm a Kiwi fan. I would love it to see it. But it, I feel bad like for the sport because, you know, there's no different all the Northern Hemisphere fans don't get to see one of their sides win it. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's sport. You've got to be the best team, don't you? But, Genuine question. If England somehow came out and done it and won, do you reckon the rest of the Northern Hemisphere sides would be like, good on you? Or do you reckon the Miller just... Well, like, honestly, if, if England makes the final, they're, they're still that hated that they... That everyone I still Europe's think no one outside of England supports England if they make <laughs> the final. They still go for New Zealand, I reckon. Like, I reckon... Yeah. Irish fans. There is no way those Welsh or Irish guys are jumping no, on the English man. We're going to ever. Irish fans would still go to, for New Zealand, even though they got beaten by New Zealand in the final, because that's how much they hate England. Yeah, if you're an Irish fan, let us know if it's an England New Zealand final. Who would you root for? Fuck, I hope it's not an England New Zealand final. <laughs> oh no, oh, it's, England. It's going to be South Africa gets... New Zealand. It's going to be comfortably South Africa New Zealand. Surely yeah, it, will, it, might... it will be. If it is, though, just quietly, who would you have in the bronze final? Um, oh, got to go Argentina, mate. Got to back the boys. Well, they, they, they're they good in the bronze final, aren't they? Yeah, they love a bronze final. They've been there on several occasions. Well, not several. They've been there 2007, 2015. That's about it. Yeah. but um, One they won, one they got spanked. But, you know, it's what it is. I'm looking forward to it, though. It's going to be a good end to the tournament. And... Um, at least this week, it's uh, Saturday, 8 o'clock. So. Yes, good times. Don't have to now, try to chuck it on in the finish, school classroom. Before we finish the episode, I know we'll just, we often go over the um, most points. So just to clarify, the top points at the moment is Thomas Ramos at 74 because France are, aren't, France are out of the competition now. Oh, he was my predicted points, a top point scorer. Oh, That's not going to happen think, now, is it? No, I think it, I think it still will because if you look at who's below him, Johnny Sixton, 58. Damien McKenzie, 53. You know, there's not any Kiwis oh. really close. Yeah, you raise a good point. I suppose Ford and Farrell have shared the cutter. Moonga and McKenzie have kind of shared the points. The only option I'd say would be Buffelli. Yeah, you'd think so, but that would take a miracle for that to happen. You'd have to no, go the, off in the No, because there's two final. games left. There's two games. If he can get... How many points is um, Buffelli on? He's on 51, so if he gets another 25 points... Oh, yeah, no, points, that's a genuine shout. If he gets 25 points between two games, he's um, he'll be top scorer, which is possible. Um, and, and then tries... Top try scorer now. It was Pinot, wasn't it? But he's gone yeah, too. Yeah, so, so. But, but, but Lester Fong, Anuku, and here Henry and Rundell will be... Well, I mean, I don't think Arundel doesn't start. Oh, it won't be so Arundel because he's played one game this tournament where he scored yeah. five of his tries. So it has to be which is mental. How, how's a guy scored five tries, even if it's against Chile? But how's he scored five tries and then they say, you know what, we'll stick with Johnny May? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, eh? 
No, I think Will Jordan would be the only option. Yeah, you'd think so, which I would imagine a lot of people had their money on for each tournament. Oh, he would have been paying the list, I imagine. Um, I think he'd, he probably can do it. He just needs one. How does he got? Has he got four or five? He's got five, so he just needs one oh, more yeah, to match. Yeah, you'd think he's probably a pretty safe bet. Um, so I think like that's you said, probably... two more and you're back into at least score a try. So that's the uh, that's the tournament, but um, goodness me, it's been it's gone fast, but it's been it's been great, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone fast, but also dragged on at the same time. I'm missing the old midweek games. It's dragged on in the finals time because it's a week apart. You know, it's a long time. Yeah, particularly when you get into like, oh, it's good that they've been exciting games that we can reflect on, and you know, there's plenty of talking points in the week leading up. But, oh. Just the old midweek games. I need to see more of them minnows. Do a bowl final or whatever it is like they do in sevens. Yeah, exactly right. But anyway, but we've gone about 15 minutes over your 45-minute limit, so I'd best leave you right. to it. That's all right. It was a good, it was a good recap. Um, and yeah, made the best teams win this weekend, and uh, we'll get this episode out now. Everyone can have we listen before the weekend, and then we can come back next week and see if there's any upsets. Yeah, Come back yeah. next week, Toby will be in his Argentina jersey. I'll ship over to him. Just quietly. We'll be doing this pod in Spanish just, next week. Just quietly. Imagine an England-Argentina file. Oh, it would just be an absolute boar fest. <laughs> but imagine just, that, though. Oh, How unlikely that, would that be? Literally, I don't think anyone in the world would have predicted that pre tour. I, I wonder what the bookies are paying. I might have to really look at that. England-Argentina final. If we could only like, rewind back to the start and see what the odds of an England-Argentina final were. Oh, that would have been incredible. Um... All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And as I said, we'll see you next week for the post semi final review. And hopefully, we've got some good news. If we don't, then uh, I'm sure Ben will have his Argentinian jersey on. Yeah, we're going to have good news for someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. See you next time.